Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and it's a really good time for beer. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading the first Wheel of Time book, which is called The Eye of the World by Robert B. Jordan. I, I just said... Uh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan? It's just Robert Jordan. (laughs) It's just Robert Robert Jordan, Jordan, nor is that his real name. His name's not really Robert Jordan? That's his pen name, but it's not his real name. Oh, it's James Oliver Rigney, which is definitely a serial killer name. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, He's killed for fun. He killed time, uh, actually, (laughs) uh, with this book uh, by Robert Jordan. And I'm going to start with this uh, beverage. So this book is uh, a very popular fantasy series that is really epic and sweeping in scope he sent to uh it's like someone said to him you know tolkien wrote the the greatest fantasy epic series and he was like hold my mead and wrote this so this is a mead which (laughs) just also fits the fantasy vibe uh this is a this is a danish mead from a bunch of unpronounceable uh phonemes here uh dansk dansk yeah sure sure dansk mjod Obviously, it just means like Danish mead. And this is called Vikingerness Mjod. Mead. Sorry. Sorry, Danes. Um, which I'm assuming is just like Vikings mead, because that kind of looks like the old English uh, uh, genitive ending there. Uh, and this is a mead based on a recipe from about the year 1700, which if you started reading The Wheel of Time then, you'd be almost done now um, <laughs> reading it. Uh, it is a 19% alcohol oh. mead. Uh, honey wine with hops added. So, cheers, gentlemen. That's a lot of meat. Oh, my God. Take it slow. Mm, this is definitely something to take slow. It, I could feel it, like, warming my body. And it is a hot day. So, maybe that's not good. Maybe my, <laughs> maybe some system is failing. But <laughs> this is this is delicious. It does have a very like, floral bouquet. And it does have a whiny kind of mouthfeel to it. And Well, it's actually... It's kind of syrupy, I should say. It's more like a port wine feel. Meat has that sticky kind of syrup vibe. A little jizzy element to oh, it. Oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. I've been told. <laughs> so less bleachy. Less, less Clorox <laughs> to it, though. But Nate and I had a different mead from this on the podcast before we even let Jimmy hang out with us. That's uh, <laughs> back when we did American Gods, which is episode like seven or something. It's, it's, it's early in there. I, I'm not going to drink this whole bottle because it's a 750 ml bottle of 19% alcohol honey wine. I'll either uh, die of cirrhosis or diabetes. Something, something will. I will. I will or lose both. kidney function or my toes if I drink this whole bottle. But it's delicious, so I will save it. Next time we're together, gentlemen, we'll we'll have some. We'll have to find a reason to drink it. So the Wheel of Time is this giant series that uh, Nate has actually read the whole thing. And in typical drunk guys fashion, Jimmy and I will probably interrupt him and not let him talk much uh, <laughs> to explain it. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll pretend we're going. Out. Yeah. So, so like, Nate is. Why did he do this to us? <laughs> why did we do this to us? Is the real question. Um, we it, did this because of TV, like any good book club. That's <laughs> 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 the hallmark of a, of a good book club. Uh, so. Uh, I read the first two books about six years ago or seven years ago at this point, and thought they were fine. And then I reread this one this week, and man, that was a that was a tough week to read this whole book. It's it's uh, eight hundred pages in paperback, but, like, but dense, man. Like it just 
I would sit and read and like finish an entire chapter and be like, wow, that lot of shit just happened. And it would be 1% in the Kindle. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's dispiriting. So, uh, Nate, take it away. I have the world. Okay. So I started reading this. Oh, when I have a beer I was. For that. <laughs> 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 so I started reading this when I was 10 years old and only the first few books were out. So, and I was hooked. I was hooked on, I really was interested in the story and what happened next. And I like read, uh, I want to say there were probably three out when I first started reading them and it took me a couple of years. And then I just kind of kept reading them as they came out. When did the first one come out? 1990. There were several out by the time I started reading this, but you know. Nate, you're already 31 in 1990. (laughs) (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not true. Um, so, and I kind of kept reading them, and then I read it probably. So, I, I read, I've actually read this multiple times because I kind of reread it when a new book was going to come out more than once. And then the last time I reread it was when the last of the, the first of the final books was going to come out. Because here's the thing about the series is it's 14 books, except. Robert Jordan, the author who started it, he died before writing the final book. Because it takes more than a human lifetime to read them all. So uh, it, it, make it, it. It's a lot. It, it, the first book is 800 pages, and it is not the short. It's not the shortest one. I mean, it's not the longest one. They're, most of them are as long or longer. No, they're all as long or longer, except for the prequel, which is a little bit shorter. But um, <laughs> so technically there are 15 books. He had written this. He had been writing the series from 1990 or probably even the late 80s all the way through 2007. Something yeah, that's like when he that. died, yeah. When, when he died oh, before the final book. He thought he wasn't going to let anybody finish it. He's like, I'm dead. Oh, well. But then just before he died, he said, okay, Harriet, his wife, you know, and his editor, you can find some, you, it's okay if you go find somebody else to finish the series. So she was found... Was he sick or... He had cancer. He had cancer. It was okay. cancer. So just before the final book, it was le- and he left a massive outline for the final book and the epilogue of the final book. But then they found an author, Brandon Sanderson, who's actually pretty famous too, although this is helped helped him helped him get a lot more famous um to finish the book but then they said this outline is so gigantic let's turn it into three books instead of one so the final three books were actually finished by a different author except for the epilogue of the final book and it is like a and they you know the the final book came out in 2013 mm-hmm um, which is still a, so 1990 to 2013, which is a way faster pace than George R. R. Martin writes. <laughs> yeah. So George R. R. Martin and Robert Jordan were actually friends in real life. And Wheel of Time came out first and was a huge hit and really made like big, giant, epic fantasy books. It really showed like the book publishing industry that big, giant, epic fantasy books could be really, really big hits. And then uh, George R. R. Martin wrote, you know, A Game of Thrones only a couple of years later. It's like 97 or something like that, the first one? Uh, the first book, I think, was even before that. And wow. uh, Robert Jordan did, like, the cover blurb on the first, you know, Game of Thrones book, which probably helped it um, help define its audience, as George R. R. 
or R.R. R. Martin said, and apparently Tor Books even considered George R.R. R. Martin to finish the series, but he just writes so slow that they were like, no, we, we got to find somebody else because, you know, it has now been, as of time of recording, more than 10 years since George R.R. R. Martin has finished his previous book. So uh, still way faster. Are these 14 books, um, maybe this is spoilers, are these 14 books, is it like is it like one story with these characters, or does it like go through multiple ages or some shit? No, it's all it's all one age. It's all okay. these so these characters, the characters you meet at the beginning of this very first book, are the main characters of the whole series. Okay. There are, of course, plenty more. Even even a few more really big characters, but there are, according to Wikipedia. 2,780 something named characters. So, anyway, it's massive. They're not all in the first book, but the characters you meet at the very beginning of this book are the main characters of the whole series. And it's not different ages, although that is kind of a thing in the series. Okay, so the epilogue of the book starts with a thing that is very confusing, and you even only barely begin to understand or get explained to you even by the end of the first book. So, but this guy who Lewis it starts mid scene and his name is Louis Theron. Not to be confused with Lou Scunt, <laughs> a very different character in literature. <laughs> and he has just through magic killed his entire family. And he's mid scene, like, when the book went literally page one of the epilogue is realizing, wait a minute, what is going on? I don't get, I think I just killed my whole family. And then this other person who basically represents the dark one, also known as Sauron tells him, Oh yeah, no, no, you just killed your family. And I just told, because I told you to, and then he kills himself by, by volcano. Yeah. Literally (laughs) he, he gathers within himself so much of the magic, which we will explain later, that he literally turns into a, it's so much energy in one place that it creates a lightning bolt so strong that when it strikes the ground, it literally creates a volcano. So that's... That's how geology, that's how geology works. And that's the first, <laughs> like, five pages. It's very confusing. And it is very confusing. <laughs> and that sets up the main story sets up but doesn't explain the main story of the whole series but you ha- it's it's so long till you really understand what's going on there so okay and then you get to chapter 1 and so you get so we get to the main character of Randall Thor he is uh, Kentucky pulling senator. a cart <laughs> senator from senator from Kentucky actually really the place that he's in uh Emmons Field is really more like West Virginia than Kentucky, but because they are the most remote place, the most remote sort of like backwoods place in the world. This 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 world that Robert Jordan has created. I'll open. I'll, I'm going to open this beer for it now. I'll talk about the beer later. But this is they live in a shitty little village, and this is other half's lager village that I'm going to drink. And when Nate gets to a logical point, I'll tell you about this beer. Okay, well, it's, it's going to be about There's not much to say. three hours from now, so... <laughs> it's a Pilsner. <laughs> it's a Pilsner by other half, so I don't drink Pilsners ever. Though, I'm starting to get almost fatigued with the giant stouts and giant IPAs that I understand why people do 
pilsners and kolsches and stuff. Also, I, sometimes I want to get drunk, but not in five minutes. So <laughs> drinking 14% alcohol beers isn't always a good idea. Uh, I, I want to pace it out over the over the 45 minutes <laughs> or whatever it is I have to, to get shit-faced before that I lunch. went home. Yeah, like a working <laughs> lunch in the 1960s. Uh, so this is a pill. This came with their Pastry Town box set. I was like, "Why is this in here? That is that is an insult to pastries." And this is Lager Village. It's an insult to towns, but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> uh, but it's actually really good. It's pretty sweet Pilsner. You know, I'm not I'm not good at judging that style because they're pretty basic. But you know, I guess maybe part of it is to like compliment the over the top pastry stout beers. Um, and also to show like haters that they can actually make a difficult to make beer, and it's pretty good. I actually dig it. So next time uh, I'm at you know other half and have a pilsner, I'm actually probably going to pick it up just to say, you know, can't can't drink, you know, barrel aged stouts with waffles and potato chips in them uh, all the time. Sometimes you need something light. So <laughs> it's pretty good. So Nate, you're up to page eleven now. <laughs> yes, there's there's <laughs> so much that happens. So okay. Randall Thor, who is going to become the main character of the whole series, although there are a bunch of other main characters too. He is, he's like 18, year old, 18 years old. He's, and he lives in this village. He and his father are taking a cartload of brandy from the farm to the village because it's a festival day. But as he's, so he and his father, whose name is Tam Althor, uh, there, as they're walking along, Rand sees something really weird on the road. It's like this guy who, in an entirely black cloak, um, by the way, this is like Middle Ages fantasy, so, you know, no, he's an entirely black cloak. He, it, but it doesn't like move in the wind. And then when Rand sort of like looks back a second time, he's t- totally gone, you know? So this is kind of very much the setting of a horror movie, I guess you could say. And then they get to the village and like, huh, that's weird. And Rand is introduced to some other characters, other young men of his exact same age, which is an important point, as well as the girl that he's, you know, supposed to be in love with named Egwene. And then the other two boys of his age that are going to be really important are Matt and Perrin. And then everyone is like, well, all right, this has been a really hard winter, but we really want to have a nice party. And so they're kind of like, we're just going to forget about these weird hooded figures that are haunting our village for the moment. That's only not the young weird. boys see it. Yeah, only, only a few people see it. And they're also introduced to the um, Gandalf character. Yeah. Okay, so I, I should also say that, that Robert Jordans has said, met, said many times, this is his Lord of the Rings. He wanted to do Lord of the Rings, but do it in his way or his twist or his sort of take on Lord of the Rings. And so less, less breakfast, more juggling uh, is basically <laughs> the formula he would go for. Like the, the bait, the plot of the book. So like is totally Lord of the Rings. So many things are in. So he's about to meet the Gandalf character of the book, which is Moraine. And she is the she's the wizard, although they're not called wizards in this universe. They're called Aes Sedai. And okay, the other thing about these books is there are so many crazy made up fantasy words. So many. And when I was ten, I had no idea how to pronounce any of them. And I probably won't pronounce them all correctly right now, but I'll try. I didn't end up 
finding. So I, I was reading these as books when I was a kid and didn't end up finding an audio book till like probably book eight or book nine. And then was like, wait, that's what that is. <laughs> wait, that's who that, who, who the fuck character is that? Oh, okay. No, I get it now. So the, the, the pronunciations are insane. I mean, now you can go on the internet and look up, you know, wheel of time pronunciation guide, but you know, that didn't, that didn't exist in, 1875 when I first started reading this. Are you just tempting us with like a back in, like you're you're saying like back in the day we didn't have this technology. We did not have the internet. Are you just asking us to make an ageist joke? The book came in a lithograph. (laughs) I I picked up the next one as soon as the scribe hand copied it for me. (laughs) Thanks, Steve Gutenberg. Oh my God. Steve Gutenberg. (laughs) I don't know his first name. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the printer is Johannes, I believe Yeah, whatever, close enough Joe, Joe, Joe to his friends <laughs> Joey G Or Steve, Joey J. one of the two <laughs> Joey, Steve, yeah, Steve Gutenberg He would just print books while his buddy made sound effects <laughs> He made the sound Thanks effects of the printing press Yeah, he's made It's a silent print. device <laughs> no, it's pretty sure probably it's like a lot of, you know, like Gear turning noises. It's all him. They just have a recording of him that they play while it's working. (laughs) So um, eventually, so everyone is like, oh, this is kind of, so we, okay. Rand is introduced to the main, like Gandalf character, whose name is uh, Moraine. And she's a woman, which was actually a kind of new innovation in, you know, big epic fantasy. It's like, oh, have Gandalf be a woman. Oh, okay. When this, when this book came out. And she kind of is very cryptic and is like, oh, hello, it's very nice to meet you. I'm just here looking around and asking questions. But everyone is still feels a little bit weird. So I, I just came to the ass crack of the world for fun. <laughs> right? It's, it's she's basically... She constantly shits on their village. <laughs> she, well, it is West Virginia, so, you know, they, it is appropriate. So uh, Rand and and his father go back home because they're like, this is something I feel we feel creepy. Let's go. Let's go back home. And so they go back home, and for some reason, and like you know, all these like weird things that you young young boys saw, that kind of kind of kind of feels weird. So Tam, the father, is like, you know what? I'm gonna put on my sword because he actually has a sword that he's hidden under the bed for you know decades that Rand never knew about. And he's like wearing the sword and Rand is like, huh, that's funny. Why are you wearing a sword? And Tam's like, well, let's just sit down and eat dinner. And then there's like a, something pounds on the door. Like what, what, what is that? And something literally, and then in the next like second, it breaks down the door and like literally jumps into this room. And it's this giant monster called a trollic man. Which is like they're which are meant to be which are all like you know half man half animal like hybrid things that still wear armor and have like big weapons and axes and swords and stuff. They're like the mutations from uh fucking you know games. They kind of are yes. But anyway, I have a I have a beer for this. This is good monster from Collective Arts, even though they're the bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a... Well, it's a good monster. It's a good monster. It's a good monster, you know. Robert Jordan didn't want to do... Uh, he wanted to do Lord of the Rings, but he didn't want to do Lord of the Rings with hobbits and elves and dwarves. He wanted to be, like, humans. 
but the monsters are still weird, you know, like fantasy characters. So anyway, this is a good monster. This is a New England double IPA, 8% alcohol. He also, another distinction is that uh, the main character is very tall as opposed to the hobbits. <laughs> they, <laughs> he they is very tall. Rand is, is, is much taller. He's like, he's like uh, the George Mirasan of this town. <laughs> this nice 1990s basketball reference for you. Yeah. yeah. Or Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, for fans of the film My Giant. How's the beer? Uh, it's good. It's, it's, it's very nice. I mean, it says New England IPA. I wouldn't call it super juicy, but it's good. It's very nice. You know, I heard about this. I was reading about this uh, this person's blog of a home brewer guy who ended up opening his own brewery, which is really cool. And they make uh, certain, some of their IPAs they make when they use like citra hops, which you see a lot, or uh, Galaxy. They call it, they call them cheater hops because they're just like so popular and it's really good but like you could make a pretty mediocre beer but you dump enough of those and then people will be like this is great so i think people are trying like a lot of brewers are trying to find other ways to distinguish themselves within the new england ipa genre and try other you know other varieties of hops because you at this point it's like saturated the market with double dry hopped double ipas that are all unbelievably juicy so they're trying to find other flavors in there and probably perhaps anticipating the point where people get kind of tired of this and look for something different. But I'll drink them all. <laughs> you might think, because we have a vaguely successful book and beer podcast, that we figured everything out. Emphasis on vaguely. Very vaguely. Well, as most other podcasters refer to our podcast, they say, Whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you might think we figured it all out. But even we could benefit from some tips sometimes. And that's where life coaching comes in. And of all the life coaches we know, our favorite is Tracy Michelle Bullock, founder of Simplicity Do Your Dream. She's a writer, a former startup COO and doula, HR professional, and creative thinker who is relatable, wacky, real, and very much an expert in all things work and job related. She is a uh, career and creativity coach who supports job seekers, freelancers, artists, entrepreneurs, and any other professional who wants an expert eye and ear to spitball, strategize, and offer any other kind of support for their career aspects of their lives and work. If you want to connect, Tracy offers free 30-minute meet-and-greet calls. You can book via Instagram or the website simplicitydoyourdream.com and 20% off your first month of coaching if you drop Drunk guys via scheduling a call, email, or direct message. So if you'd like to connect, check out Tracy on Instagram at Tracy Michelle Bullock. That's Tracy Michelle with one L, B-U-L-L-O-C-K. Or you can go to her website at simplicitydoyourdream.com to learn more and schedule a meet and greet. And now, back to us. So the Trollic, like, jumps through the door and you just immediately just out there to kill everybody. And But Rand's father who's badass with the sword literally kills him and the next like three Trollocs that go that like try and jump through the door to like kill everyone. And Rand like jumps out the back. He like goes, he runs, runs to hide because the father says, go run, run, go, go. I got this. And so he runs and then they finally, he, he's manages to escape. He kills a bunch of the monsters that the father kills a bunch of the monsters, Rand manages to escape and then managed to, sort of loop back around and then finds that his father is like 
alive, but he's injured. And then, but the monsters have mostly fled. They've killed everything on the, on the farm, like all the sheep and stuff. And then Rand goes back in to, to goes back in the house, which is now like just, you know, a disaster area and to like help his father. And he picks up the sword and the Trolloc like speaks to him and says like, you, me, me must speak you or, you know, because he doesn't really speak human, human language. And then like put, put sword down and, and Rand doesn't, and then ends up, ends up killing him. And then this is like the middle of the night. He finds like his father is, you know, injured and is, even though it's only a very little wound, he is like extremely like sick and it's clearly there's something magical that has, you know, happened and he's, you know, he's far more wounded than a little tiny, like, cut would. It takes Rand like. a really long time to realize that, though, you know? He does, because he's a dumb 18-year-old kid, so he doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. He's a he's sheep just very, boy. He's just very tall. He is called a <laughs> sheep herder for, like, the entire fucking series. That just, oh, yeah. That does not the go whole, away. The whole series. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, all right. In the Welsh not by everyone. Book, they call him something else. Oh, <laughs> Did you notice that Trolloc, Trolloc? It's just troll. troll and orc smushed together. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's his. It's Robert Jordan's Lord of the Rings. That's like, what he was trying to do. Just just different enough, but they are different. They're just big animal people. So I'll give him that. It just seemed funny. Like oh. I like how the dad is beating the shit out of them in the house. He kills four of them before they can even get in the door. Should they have basically just blocked up the door at that point? Like they're giant creatures. Like he should. He just made like a a dam of. Of man monsters, they're not smart. They're just big and but like he's angry. just like they fall down dead on top of each other. It should yeah, be like he, the door is now covered with the doorway is is filled with with cadavers, with corpses. Well, yeah. So they get back to the town. Uh, well, so there's like a whole evening thing. So 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 Rand is like puts his father in the cart and then takes the cart middle of the night. Can't even you know see and is like brings it to the village. To try and get the help of the the, the wisdom, the in the you know can can you help? And he gets there, and half the town is on fire. They've all the whole like village, main village has also been attacked by Trollocs, and this other thing, other crazy thing called Mergel, which are uh, fucking lamest name, <laughs> Mergel. Just just doesn't sound very intimidating. Murdered and. And it turns out that... But well, before, the dad said something really important. Yes, definitely. On this walk through the woods, where which also takes about 100 pages. But the, um, <laughs> he's r- dragging uh, him. He's dragging him, uh, which is, that's foreshadowing. The, the dragon him. Uh, he's, His father's having he's, like fever dreams. Yeah, and, and the dad's like mumbling all sorts of shit. Like, oh, no, I didn't touch her. And then all that sort of drifts into another story where he basically reveals that Rand is not his son, that he found him on a battlefield after the last war. And like for medieval people, like they talk about war like it never happens, you know, like they're there's like, oh, war is crazy and no one likes war. Like that's not like pretty common in medieval times. But anyway, that there was a battle and there were these, I forget who the fuck was fighting who, but he, the dad was there. It and, doesn't even explain who was fighting who in this book. It does not even tell you. And, uh, and I, I don't, also, I don't care. Spoiler. Uh, but <laughs> he finds, he's like the female, the she warrior, she birthed on the f- battlefield. 
And I was like, free baby. And I took it home. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Yeah. That's really good. He's like, and, and, we were, and my wife was barren. So I was like, this will do. And we'll pretend it's ours. And it'll be cool. Because there aren't adoption agencies in Hopefully the Hopefully he's not rivers. really tall when he grows up and people question it. Yeah. No one will, know, no one, no one will suspect a thing. The uh, six foot ginger. <laughs> foot taller than everybody else. Like, that's my son. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, his his uh, on his mother's side. They're from the other She's village. She's an outlier, oh, which is yeah, out. uh, they never really say. Oh, that's when your belly button is on it pops oh, out. God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's an important thing. And then Rand is like, "Shit, is that real? Do I have to keep dragging this guy if he's not even my dad?" <laughs> 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 then they finally get to the town. So this is the one part that's not from the Lord of the Rings fantasy tradition. It's King Arthur. It is like the orphan boy, orphan boy in the village is actually the one true king thing that it, that he's also borrowing from, even though it's still more Lord of the Rings than King Arthur, but that's where this was taken from. You know, these these are the, like, the it is very classic fantasy tropes. Well, they also mention, like, the, the ancient king, King Arthur Pandragon. It's like, huh... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of little, little homage type things yeah. thrown into the book. Where they just change a few letters around and say, oh, it's kind of that, but it ain't. So at this point, Rand gets to the, brings his father to the village and the, he finds out the whole village has been attacked and that the wisdom can't really do anything. But then the, but Moraine, the Isadi, who, you know, actually has Aes real magic. Sedai? Are you saying it wrong on purpose now? So it is Isadai, and I really just pronounced it that way because that's the way I didn't even realize this. I, that's the way I pronounced it in my head when I was 10 years old. It's kind of like, because I didn't know how to pronounce just anything. Ingrained, anyway, it's, didn't you? it's Aes Sedai, but like, <laughs> it, exactly, I did it, did it out of habit. So anyway, finds out that the Aes Sedai can actually can actually heal. So she heals him, but then heals the father, but then says, oh, but you're going to have to leave with me. We're leaving tonight. We're leaving tomorrow, tomorrow night. Classic, classic child molester strategies (laughs) she uses. She's like, seriously, she's like... Dad's out of the picture. I'm going to swoop in. (laughs) But she's also like, this problem, it's all caused by you young men, and you need to leave now if you care about these people. And they're like, I don't want to hurt anyone. It's like, I know you don't. So just come with me in my van. And then they just, and, and, and who's this guy no, that we his, can't with even. With her Lan. With Lan, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't even see him sometimes. And he's there in the tr- room. He's like blends into the furniture. He's got like, he's got like predator, uh, uh, the, like the sea, like the, the uh, camo. The the predator the camo, yeah. He just, he just goes like invisible. And they're, um, they're also going to take president of the Glee Club, <laughs> Tom. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I I want to I want to think it's Thom. I'm gonna say Thom the whole time. Uh, it could be it's spelt that way. Which it is, it is spelt that way, but it's Tom. And well, he, I don't call him fucking Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> they frequently mention this several times. And the first time I thought I just read it wrong, but I said it throughout. They always mention Tom's mustaches, like he had more than one. So it's like an old fashioned thing you see. Is it? Is it? Was yeah. It? Okay. It was just like longs, like that's too maybe, long. Maybe it's to like be a it's like pants, you know. Like you really only have one, but <laughs> <He's> you. Just... <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a glee man. He's a glee man, which glee is man. not what they called 
LGBTQ members of the village. Like it just sounds really not like oh a glee man is here. Like oh that sounds that doesn't that sounds a little too close to like fairy. Like I don't think that's that that doesn't sound nice. But he's basically like a troubadour slash juggler. Yeah, that's what he is. He is storyteller because they don't have anything fun to do ever. He's a like troubadour slash grio or whatever. What's and, a grio? Uh, is that grio? Did you pronounce the t at the end of that word? I don't know what that word even is. I don't know. Isn't what that, that kind is of either. wine? It's a traveling. Uh, yeah, it's Grio. Yeah, it's a it's oh. a West African traveling like poet singer. Oh, guy. that of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we have those all <laughs> over the place. Sorry, some of us are here uh, in Brooklyn. Not fucking just you know. Oh, racist. West. I thought you said East Africa. <laughs> of course, West. Right. Oh yeah, I was thinking of the Horn of Africa. That's different there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real, it's a, a thing. Oh, you I know, believe like it's a, a thing. I just it's like a, they, they like, you know, spread like oral tradition, you know, in traditional. Uh, I thought that was your mom's job. Uh, it's a different type <laughs> of oral tradition. Um, oral tradition is the long running series of G-MILF pornos that Jimmy's mom makes. And uh, sometimes, sometimes my mom's in them too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> So they all have but to leave town. <laughs> so they have to leave town because the monsters like the monsters are going to come and get you no matter where you are. So we better go on a journey. It's going to be a long journey though. So it's not like a regular walkabout. It's a double walkabout. <laughs> <laughs> this is double walkabout from Fat uh, Orange Cat. It's an imperial sour with passion fruit, orange, and a guava. Eight point seven percent. Smells like fruit. Mm. That's interesting. It tastes kind of like a like a harito. What's that? No. Those fucking, you know, Hispanic sodas that you see in stores. Juritos. I don't even I have no idea what that is. What? It's like been to a champ- I've been to bodegas many a time you and I've had the a lot Haritos. Of- the like like soda bottles with like their the ones that was just like, like red. orange and lemon <laughs> yeah, lime like bright oh, okay. green. I just didn't know that name for it. Okay, okay. I mean that is the, that's the brand. I, I I don't know what they're oh, called. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it tastes kind of like that. Like the like fruity soda, very sugary. Oh, I'm sure. It's interesting. It's good. It's very refreshing because it's hot as fuck out today, and uh, I didn't like that. But I like this a lot better. I wish I had it earlier, but it would be it'd be hot now. Do you know another like thing? I just it made me think of it. Um, this versus Game of Thrones, and in, in Game of Thrones, all the characters talk that they're like winter is coming, as if like this big shift in like epics is coming. Hmm. And in this, they're always like the wheel's gonna turn, and then age is gonna. Like, they're doing the same thing. I think just. Uh... It's similar. I mean, the winter is coming is more like bad times are ahead because the winter is like a thing that happens and everything gets fucked up. The wheel of time is like the wheel, like the age. This is a whole, there's a whole lot of like kind of Hindu kind of mythology. Basis there's something very this. like something very like Buddhist about the cyclical nature of it, their. It is kind of Hindu a bit. Yeah, I would say we should talk about. We could talk about more about this at the end. That I, I actually think that Game of Thrones is set up specifically to be very different than Wheel of Time in a couple of important ways. But we'll talk more about that later because we've got, right. we're still only on page like 60. 13. <laughs> yeah, this is like literally chapter four. Yeah, chapter chapter four. Uh, okay, so Moraine says you have to you have to leave and you and your two friends 
you, Matt and Perrin, you clearly your two hot friends come too. <laughs> <laughs> you all have to leave because the the the, the Trollocs came to kill you, and they're going to keep attacking you and your in the village and your families until like unless you leave. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess. And so they're about to leave. And with them, and, and they're, they're trying to leave. They're literally trying to get the horses together and everything and packed up and stuff. And then Rand's girl, Egwene, is like, I'm coming with you. And they try and talk her out of it. But, but she's like, no, no, no. I want to I see the world. That's basically what she says. And so she goes with them. And so does Tom Marilyn, the gleeman, who's like, I'm getting out of this fucking stupid village. I'm going with you, too. And so they do, and oh my god, there's still so much that happens. Form but, the fellowship of yeah. This book. is this is the 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 fellowship of the fellowship of the wheel. I guess I don't yeah, know. There you go. <laughs> this is the fellowship. They're all they're all leaving, and they're like chased chased by monsters through the night, and then they have to like go to the next village, and they're riding through the night, and then like to cross the river, and Moraine bat chasing them. Yeah, big. Big angry bat, evil thing chasing Drag-car, them. Car, Dracar, yeah, Dracar Noir. Yeah, it's that cologne that douchebags wear. Always smell it coming. They're like really fucking loud, uh, like in your nose. Like it's like, like the guy from uh, Bad Blood. <laughs> the shitty. He wore Dracar Noir. They said they said that in the uh, in the book. Like the, oh, the Indian I boyfriend you guy. The Swift song. And I was like, what? Why would I talk about books? This is a fucking book podcast, Jimmy, and that's a book we've read. That's why we're doing books based on TV shows. Fucking douchebag. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they all go with their friend, uh, local area network. Uh, land. It's all land. And then you find. I was really, I really enjoyed at the end when you found out his name is short for Alan, <laughs> with an apostrophe in the middle. Al. Len. <laughs> it does that a lot, the apostrophes in the middle of fucking words. It could have been somehow, notes, you know. That makes them seem foreign I somehow. Mean, it's, or... it's, it's Elvish. It's, it's Robert Jordan's version of Elvish. That's why all those weird, unpronounceable things are in there. At okay. some point, the, uh, the wisdom also shows up like, I can't let you take those kids. Those are my kids. So they That's basically like two, a get later. to the next town. And the village wisdom named Nynaeve shows up and is like, I was that. following you because we're trying to get all our young people back, but she doesn't, she ends up going with them instead. So Wait, she, did we say what a wisdom is? It's like a local shaman medicine woman. Because only women can uh, touch that. The, the power. Okay. So if we want to get into that. This, the whole series has a very involved complex magic system of which this book only barely breaks the surface, touches the surface as to what it's like really about how you roll on a twenty sided die. Usually, <laughs> how does it work in this book? <laughs> okay, so like some people have a natural ability to like use magic, which is called the one power. Um, some people have to be taught how to do it, but some will do will will do it no matter what. But if they're not like taught what to do to use with their with their magical powers then they will basically go crazy and die now and all men will so in this in this the backstory of this whole the whole series is 
women can use this magic. But then again, so can men. But 3,000 years before, the men who can use the, use the one power tried to destroy the Dark One, also known as Sauron. Uh, <laughs> but he, they didn't quite succeed. And he struck back and he turned the male, the men's side of the magic, the one power, he turned it bad. Meaning, like, they, he, he added this thing to it where when men try to use the magic, it will turn them crazy. It will turn them, you know, basically, they will lose their minds. Not right away, all at once, but... So, in this world, the women get to use the magic and largely kind of run the world. Uh, but men can't, except when they do, they go completely nuts. They turn into, like genocidal warlords false dragons they've been talking they've been talking about that the whole time fucking tom and the the peddler guy does he matter he, he matters definitely matters he definitely oh, yeah, matters outside of this book i meant um he probably. yes he he definitely oh. does people gotta buy their trinkets <laughs> like all the characters you meet in the beginning in basically like chapter one of this book have huge or like have so much stuff that they do in this whole series like so many different things and they all go off in different directions and have different adventures and different character arcs and in tom Marilyn has a, a less a little bit less than the others but still he's in it a lot he's in basically every book well maybe spoilers. not quite I didn't say what he does, <laughs> but I mean, Fucking, oh, he technically dies halfway you, through you, this one. You think he dies? You're right. So I guess that's so a they, bit of a they hit a lot of times like I don't think he's dead. He might he's not, not really be dead. dead. I, don't I don't believe he's dead till I his see his mustaches were too strong. Rotting corpse. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so that's kind of like the backstory of the, of the of the series. So anyway, they like eventually have to like the, so the whole fellowship has to move on because they had just have to keep moving or else because they keep getting attacked by evil things, you know, in the middle of the night and they are trying to go to a village and like, let's, let's sleep in an inn tonight and not just like ride our horses all night or sleep on the ground. But that Moran's doesn't work. Well. been giving the horses basically amphetamines <laughs> magic. She's been giving a magic meth that like, they're like, she could like lay hands on people and they get less sleepy. But they'll still like so they've just been like magically making like this is one of her, her powers. Like she can make like fire and shit happen, but she could also just make you less tired. Which I guess is a very practical magical skill. Well that's very useful, yeah. Some of this stuff that's just was in this first book actually doesn't total isn't entirely consistent with the magic in the rest of the series because it largely wasn't fleshed out yet. But oh yeah, that stuff it comes back. It definitely does. All right. So the whole fellowship, they have to flee one village. And I, I don't even remember what one town. I don't remember which one it is, but they like have trick to trick a guy with his boat, right? And they like fuck up his boat. They fuck up his boat so that the evil things can't cross the river. Um, they're being chased by the monsters, by the Trollocs. And they go into this like evil city that's totally uninhabited called Shadar Logoth. And it's the first section of the book that is like the Mines of Moria. There's another part that's also like the Mines of Moria again, but this is the first <laughs> Mines of Moria part. 
where they're like it's it's a totally uninhabited city that's just like crumbling build crumbling stone buildings and but it's clear there's something evil going on there and Moraine says don't touch anything don't go anywhere but of course Rand and Matt and Perrin decide to go off on their own and then they get this weird there's they go into this one weird like building and there's this guy there with all this treasure and he's like won't you help me with my treasure he pulls the prince of nigeria scam on them well, <laughs> he he's he he's the first character that's like um fucking like like gollum he's the first gollum like character but there's another one that that's also going to be there. Anyway, so it's like Gollum is like, oh, help me with my treasure. And they're mostly like, uh, no, this is weird. We're not going to, but a very, <laughs> a very key point in the plot is that Matt picks up a dagger that's like in a, you know, gold and ruby encrusted thing and like just takes it with him. It's going to turn him evil for the rest of the book. Um, most of the rest of the book. Anyway, they take, he takes it with them, but they decide to leave, but then they get attacked by the Trollocs in the middle of the city, and then the whole group, like, splits up. And so this is, and though, this is... So this the is end the, of Fellowship. The Fellowship, exactly. They go in different directions because they were all, like, chased out of the city in different, different ways. So you get Rand and Matt. They're, like, on their own trying... Oh, Rand and Matt and Tom Marilyn. They're, like, trying to escape. They end up... On a boat down the river. They're not living in a van down the river. They're living <laughs> on a boat down the river. And then Egwene and Perrin are sort of like off in the woods by themselves. And then Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve are off by themselves. They're each like trying to find each other. But because they're going different directions in the middle of a weird forest, they don't know which way to go. And then we're roughly page, I don't know, 150 at this point, <laughs> this is like maybe a fifth through the book. Uh, they were like twenty percent of the way through the book. My my first thought was, "Oh, good, now it'll be three times as long." I, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and that's kind of what happens. And the other books, because it splits up into multiple point of view characters, the other books just have way more of other characters. Like this is mostly Rand, with yeah. a little bit of a few other characters. The other books. Way more of other characters, which is why Perrin the whole series a dog slowly <laughs> is one hundred fifty thousand bazillion pages. Um, basically, the next three fifths of the book is just the different groups kind of trying to find each other, but also the different adventures that each groups have along the way. And to sum it up real fast, um, well, they're all trying to get to the to the wizard city to protect like these Tar-Valon? boys from the bad people. But they never actually make it to the wizard city named Tarvalon. But that's spoiler. They don't make it there. Um, not in this book. That'll have to wait till volume 400. Well, uh, book two, they make it there. But um, <laughs> Rand and Matt and Tom Marilyn, they are like on the boat down the river and manage to escape by pretending to be like, oh, we're just going to learn how to play the flute for a while and then just walk for <laughs> a million years. Egwene and Perrin are off together, and they and Perrin learns how to talk with wolves, which is a huge plot line that takes you know takes him all the way through you know the all the whole series. That's like his main thing. Would you say that he is a wolf <laughs> child? Yes, I would. That's yes, pretty, that's pretty bang on. 
This is Wolfchild from Anchorage, who I seem to just be able to get easily, even though everyone says they're impossible to get. I guess I'm they, just a special I boy. Just, one, of the, one of the beer app things you could buy bottles, they just had a Anchorage Belgian strong ale, and it was $30 for a for one bottle, like not even a big bottle, like a 12-ounce bottle. This was this was like 10 bucks, so that's pretty normal. But it is a double India pale ale, 8.4%. It's a double IPA. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It's it got a little bit of a bitter finish there, but yeah, uh, it doesn't say all the stuff on it. Or it, if it does, I can't see it. And uh, nope, that's the government warning. No, doesn't say what's in it. But it's pretty good. Uh, I I don't think the ones people are buying for thirty dollars are the ones I've been getting. Cause these ones seem pretty like basic. No, those are like. Barrel aged things or oh, like barley wines, but these other ones are pretty, you know, pretty solid. But this one comes from Anchorage. But these beers come to us from our loyal friends at Patreon, the coolest people we know, frankly. Uh, but if you want to support the podcast financially, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/DrunkGuysBookClub, where you can become a patron and get all sorts of things like early access to this episode, uh, all episodes, uh, exclusive content, physical goods, shoutouts. Help us pick a book every month. And vote, yeah, most importantly, pick pick a book every single month. So, And if you are a patron and you suggest a book to read, we actually uh, pretty much always read it. So, Eventually. We're whores. <laughs> Tech, I mean, we, we can't really legally say that we are, but we'll do things for money. <laughs> Whore-like. <laughs> Whore-adjacent. <laughs> so here into that. <laughs> Isn't that what Voldemort put his soul into? Uh, a whore, a whore <laughs> curious, yeah. So if you want to do that, head over there. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, you could also just help out the podcast by leaving a review wherever you're listening to. And of course, just tell your friends or whoever to check us out. Back to this book. We have another 9,000 pages left. So Perrin is a wolf boy. We're only an hour they, in. <laughs> they meet a wolf man who's like, I don't like people, but wolves are cool. I like to live doggy style. I see you guys do too. <laughs> and so they're wandering in the woods, just keeping themselves safe. And they meet some uh, hippies. Uh, traveling people who are, you know... They're just between dead concerts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're saving up between dead concerts by tinkering, which is odd. I mean, I need a whole nomadic group of people who just tinker. That seems... Most villages have a blacksmith. It just, it seemed odd. I was like, yeah, but, you know, they can't make a spoon. I'm like, yeah, I guess not. Can you make a spoon? Can you? Well, their hammers are too big. They need little tiny hammers. <laughs> but they can't make a tiny hammer with their big hammer. So that's how the 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 pacifist uh, Romani exist. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll come back later. Uh, yep. Because there's 14 books in it. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like this is like the, this is almost like a an introduction to everything you might, to some of the stuff you will see later as a book. Oh, oh, a yeah. lot of the stuff, but... Not all of it. There's oh, I'm not sure not all of it. So I read the second book, and I don't really remember the details of it anymore because I didn't realize I forgot they got to Tarf Allen there. But one of the things I noticed right away was, like, right away was oh, there's all the characters from before, and they introduced just as many new characters. Yeah, thanks. And uh, it just I was like I can only and Nate was like yeah that happens for like the first five books. <laughs> gonna, this is like a you're a chart for these. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's why Nate had to read them like 23 times. <laughs> so they're wandering. So they're, they're split up and then... And then they get caught by the uh, Pope Zealots. Oh, the white 
fucking cloaks. They're called white cloaks, also known as the Children of the Light. They're basically the Spanish Inquisition. They're like fucking RAs in college. They just want to like, they're just dicks who don't want any fun. (laughs) They really hate magic. Uh, Most women, and probably minorities, they never say, but probably. Uh, They're wearing white cloaks (laughs) with pointy hat hoods. (laughs) I can only imagine. And they're always worried about the purity of their blood. They they want to make the light great again. <laughs> oh, they do. Well, they run into clans of them all over the place. Uh, early on, there was a part I ran like through a rock at him or something. I fucking forgot. Like they had an alter- altercation, and this was like the first first scene. This is before they split up, where you realize that the sword is special somehow. Where they're like, it's got a bird on it. It's like it's a bird sword. It's a, it's, a, it's a heron, and they're like, "Whoa, that's that's cool." What's more menacing than that? That's the mark of a blade master. Yeah. Herons are known for their sword play. I'm trying to think of a of a bird pun, but I'm really stumped right now. Jimmy's working on it. Uh, falcon and falchion, as best I can do. Well, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but and falchion. Felching is probably what the white cloaks do, but they, because they're ashamed of it, that's why they're so disgusted by other people's sin. Um, so yeah, they get caught by them. So they get caught, but then they Dicks. get rescued. But so Perrin and Egwene get caught by the white cloaks, but then they get rescued by Moraine and Land and one man Land army Land and Nynaeve. Yes, they get He's rescued. Clearly fucking. What's his name? Aragon. Aragorn. Yep. What the fuck is his name? Mm-hmm. Aragorn, right? Aragorn's like the place in Spain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly Strider. I pictured Vigo Mortensen the entire book. If you look at the cover, it's like a, of the, the original cover of the book. It's like a kind of like samurai suitish thing he's wearing, but he's got a little, a little, yeah, a little bit. Dyke beard and stuff. One thing I always thought was, or more like realized later, was a little bit weird. It's like their swords are all like, they're basically all katanas. They're all like slightly curved. Anyway, that's not important. Okay. Uh, Is that in the, in the book or in, yeah, the, no, no, in the, the artwork? They're all like, they're all like katanas and not long swords. I, I did get a slightly, slightly Asian vibe from when you get to where Lan is from. And in the show, that character is cast as an Asian actor. Did they announce the cast? I looked it up on IMDb. There isn't anything there yet. Uh, there, the, so the main characters have been cast, yeah. Okay. I guess if they shot it all, yeah. Um, almost everybody are totally unknown, attractive 20-somethings that you've never heard of before. But cool. the yeah. But Moraine is played by Rosamund Pike. Oh, okay. oh she's from Gone Girl. Yeah. Yeah, from Gone Girl. Okay. Uh, of which the Aes Sedai are not supposed to look old. They're supposed to have... They can be old, but they're supposed to look still kind of young-ish. So she's the only one who... She's the only actor in the series who is... Was, uh, you could say, famous before... Who's famous before this? Or, you know, the show hasn't come out yet. So, you know, maybe it'll be big. By the way, you you would think this show would have been would have literally been purchased and produced as soon as Game of Thrones was a hit, but uh, you know who the Robert Jordan sold the you know TV rights or filming rights many years before HBO 
made big things. And so it was stuck in like rights holder hell for literally decades and only finally sort of managed to get itself, like whoever owned the rights to it managed to revert back to, you know, uh, Robert Jordan's wife in like probably like 2015 or something like that, or 2016 maybe. And then Amazon bought it and said, we're actually going to produce a show. And they're making Lord of the Rings series at the same time. Yes. And apparently they're literally spending $400 million just on the first season of Lord of the Rings, of the Amazon Lord of the Rings. I think they've got it. And it's like Lord of the Rings prequel stuff. They're not redoing. They're not redoing Fuck. Lord of the Rings. It's oh, like God, really? prequel. Oh, yeah, I, I think they were so. Redoing Lord of the Rings. No, I, 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 I think like they're a not prequel Game of Thrones. That that is happening. The HBO is doing that. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I, th- I oftentimes when the those like movie deals, there's kind of like a a timeline on how long they have to make it happen. You know, like you don't own it forever. Usually, Usually like, they have like options. Where it says, oh, if we want it, we can extend it again. And he was probably like, you gave me a lot of money in, you know, 2002. And yeah. then it's just like, you know, lawyer fights from there out. I mean, the, the video, the filming rights were probably optioned in like 1992, long before any network or movie was even, you know, possible. Yeah, and there's all kinds of fuckery to extend that. Did you guys yeah. ever hear about like the uh, like Marvel just got the rights back to the Fantastic Four after you know they made all the shitty movies? Someone else made them, like Fox. But they, like back in the eighties, they were whoever had the rights to Fantastic Four was going to lose the rights unless I was just, they made I was a just going to mention this. Right? Yeah, in and the nineties they, yeah. they had to make early nineties. In the nineties, it looked terrible. They made the worst movie ever made just so they could keep the copyright. In case they wanted it again for later, and yeah. it is an abomination. I've I've tried to like watch a, it. It's rough. It looks like fan fiction level. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. And so maybe you know, I don't think they did any of that for Wheel of Time. But there's all kinds of ways that that they can, actually did happen for Wheel of Time, where whoever owned the rights one. made a absolutely like t- did like you know four days of filming on some absolutely terrible thing which was never released like no one ever mm. no one ever saw it but whoever the rights holder whoever it was did try and hold on to it by creep by filming something and that was like 2010 something like that i don't know maybe a little later anyway back to the back to the story so Brandon, matt and tom are on the boat, but then they manage to, the boat pulls into a town, and so they, like, get off the boat, and they're like, we're just in the town now, but then they get attacked by a bird roll, and so Tom says, I'll, I'll take care of him, or I'll, 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 I'll help you out, boys, you two, just run, just, just, just run, I will, I will take care of this, I will sacrifice myself, or so you think. Uh, so and so Rand and Matt, they basically run and they like get out of the town and then they're like just walking along the road and sometimes they get rides and then they're at a new village and then some people all, uh, end up attacking them, people called Dark Friends. Because in this, in this whole like universe, you know, the Dark One is, you know, has, you know, like the all-seeing eye of Sauron and, and is able to convince people who have too much you know, ambition or just want, you know, the, the, the easy, shaitan. 
the easy way They're to shrink their pants. It's very scary. The the easy way to get fame and fortune to just you know become dark friends and but then they have to work for him, the evil one, and and he's also been haunting their dreams like Freddy Krueger. Oh, I have a beer for that. But I was going to say, doesn't it kind of sound like the fantasy equivalent of like trying to say you're not racist? Like, no, no, I have dark friends. It's I'm not, <laughs> well, I'm the, not the racist. children of the light really don't like them. They have no dark <laughs> friends. <laughs> So uh, mention their dreams. They've been having dreams where uh, this goth guy comes and visits them. And it's so like, he's I wizard will, Satan. you will be mine. And then he kills a rat. And he's got <laughs> hot mouth. <laughs> and his name is like Balsamon. You know, almost Beelzebub, but different vowels. Yeah, it's Balsamon. It's like a Jamaican guy talking about balls. <laughs> Because it's ma. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but this is a beer called Midtown Dew Dream Voltage, uh, which is a... And they does co- lightning stuff, so... There's lightning stuff, yeah. And, I mean, they've been in many towns, and at least the mid of one of them. Yeah. And in this book that has eight trillion words, I put the word do appear. It's got everything. It's all... This is, this is, this is the equivalent of this book. Uh, it's verbose. Overly verbose. So this is a collaboration between Evil Twin in New York City and Burley Oak. A mild 4.8% alcohol sour ale brewed with milk sugar and Mountain Dew syrup. <laughs> blue raspberry shaved ice syrup. Ugh. It's 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 a blue-colored beverage. The blue raspberry seems odd to add on top of Mountain Dew syrup. It really just tastes like fucking blue Mountain Dew. Oh, it's the blue, blue Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, Mountain Dew fucking Voltage. Like Cool you know? Ranch or whatever it is? <laughs> Mountain Dew Cool Ranch, yeah. It's, uh, Mountain Dew Ecto Cooler, whatever they have. Mm, it's got a, an umami note to it. But the, <laughs> this the is ranch. A, mm, this is this is great if you like Mountain Dew. It tastes like Mountain Dew. Uh, I think this is kind of ridiculous to call it a beer. It's just a highbrow Mountain Dew and vodka, let's be honest. And it must be cheaper to just do Mountain Dew and vodka. It like, must be. I mean, maybe they're just like, they're just trying to see what they can get away with. Trying to push by doing things that aren't necessarily good to do, but just seeing like raising the standards so that others can follow in their wake to do good things with it. Perhaps that's what it is. I mean, it's also just push making weird. I mean, in New York City, there are like a dozen breweries. So, and plus, uh, hundreds of places where you can get a good selection of beer from yeah. not only New York, but around the country or the world even. I guess making something that's going to stand out. Like, hey, it's a fucking blue raspberry Mountain Dew sour beer. There aren't a lot of those on the shelf. Whereas there are... There are luckily four not trillion that many of those on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. and this is popular. They've e- Evil Twin does not do many rebrews. They've done this one a couple of times. They've done a lot of variations on it. I haven't I seen Mountain Dew blue and by itself in forever. Because you have not been doing, doing magic at the gathering truck stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they have a they have a whole bunch of different flavors that taste like different colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, strong notes of blue. <laughs> um, so yeah, this will come out of Evil Twin eventually. You'll see it there again if you're into Mountain Dew soda, or really just keep fucking buy a Mountain Dew and throw some vodka in it. It will be the same thing. I guess in one way that's like the, I guess it's an accomplishment as a brewer. But if they use the Mountain Dew syrup, 
it doesn't feel like they've really done much hard work there. They're just like, let's just, let's just pour Mountain just Dew into this beer. the yeast process to keep it as subtle as possible. I don't know. I fucking, I don't know. There's lots of like clean. We can rationalize it however we want. It's, it's Mountain Dew liquor. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. Well, there are lots of dreams and, and balls on your man keeps showing up and killing and he's like, animals. I'm going to use you up. He's like, oh, I didn't know it was that kind of dream. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the boys will wake up scared and sticky. And like, <laughs> I feel weird. The balls man used me. <laughs> and like it gets the dreams get more intense throughout the book and they get more like and they start affecting them powerful. in real life. Like he got a yeah. hand boo boo or like. There was a bunch of dead rats around them. When they, one, time they got a, one got a sunburn. Yeah. It's, it's basically Nightmare on Elm Street. shirt, hot boy. <laughs> so that's all going on while this is, while they're meandering about trying to reunite. So eventually, uh, Rand and Matt make it to the first big capital city of their home country called Camelin. And it's not, not Camelot. Don't fucking get it wrong. It's almost that. <laughs> definitely not. not Camelot. It's Camelittle. <laughs> Camelot. <laughs> it's Cam say, sometimes. Uh... <laughs> Cam every once in a while. So they, so they finally make it there, and they're just kind of like, we're just going to wait here for a while to see if we can... So we're going to wait for everybody else to show up. And for a couple of days, they're waiting there, and... Rand runs runs into in the uh in the inn that they're staying at is an ogier, not an ogre. That's different. It's <laughs> <laughs> got another. That's vowel. Lord of the Rings. This one has an extra letter in it. And, and they're nerds in this one. <laughs> yes, they're, they are big, <laughs> giant nerds with green skin. Um, Do you like carry books around all they the have time? Green right? skin. I mean, they don't actually, but I kind of always pictured them with green skin. I just kind sometimes of always I look at pictures did. of like what fan fiction people do, just so I can have like an image in my head. And he looks like a big nerd with large eyebrows and pointy ears. That sounds about right. He's like a Hagrid, but with no beard. I just pictured something with someone with like a pituitary gland issue, <laughs> like there's some sort of like George Mirasan's George Mirasan, but like more like thicker, you know, like like if they got the giantism later in life. So they couldn't, uh, they couldn't grow longer. Their bones just thickened. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, uh, he's like eight feet tall, ten feet tall, or something. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's huge. And he's and, a boy because he's only ninety. But they also they live this this race. They live forever. They live extremely long lives. And he's Do they live still forever? he no. They don't live forever. Forever. Close. What I mean is they live extremely long lives compared to humans, mere mortal humans, and the this. This guy named his name is Loyal. That's not you know foreshadowing at all. Uh, <laughs> his name is Loyal, and he's ninety years old, but he's really the equivalent of a teenager, like ninety. Perfect for all our teenage protagonists. Yes, definitely. He's not as hot though. You know, you keep saying you said like he's an ogre, which is not the same thing as ogre. Do you think Wheel of Time is just not the same thing as a clock? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not clock. I think we start calling them that from now on. <laughs> Let me consult the wheel of time. <laughs> I have a tiny one on my wrist, a tiny wheel of time. <laughs> a wheel lit. <laughs> Training wheel of time. So while so while Matt is, you know, because he's become evil 
from the enchanted dagger that he's holding. Rand is like, I'm going to go out and see what's going on in the city because the false dragon is here today being paraded through the city. So I'm not even going to explain that because it is going to take fucking forever. So it's an antichrist. That's really what it is. (laughs) It's a fake. It's okay. It's a fake Christ. Antichrist. Is that the same thing as an antichrist? The antichrist is the evil one. But he's not actually evil. Okay, okay. That's, maybe that's evil. a spoiler. They always, uh, seem, to be. They always they... seem to be. Okay, so these are men who can channel. So who can channel the one power. So they are going to go completely crazy and just start just, you know, murdering everyone around them because they, you know, have no grip on reality. So that's why they're dangerous. But that's different than being evil because evil is like they're the dark one is making them okay. evil. So there, there's a difference between those two things. In principle, rather than in you know reality, there's in principle they're different, but obviously they have they're the same downstream bad. consequences. In this first book, it's you are led to believe that these are bad guys who rise up and try to overthrow the queen and kill everybody and take over. And so they have to be killed before they do that. Or or what the fuck was it? Not humbled. Gentled. Uh, gentled. Gentled. It's like getting spayed. <laughs> <laughs> you just give them like estrogen uh, shots and the guys just like grow a little bit of boobs and then just they like... I think they just cut their head off. They just become really sad. <laughs> they, they're like, I just don't want to They do become anymore. really sad, yeah. That they is... get like... Lo- they get the, a magical lobotomy. <laughs> what they get. <laughs> That that is yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically it's a it. magical ice pick up the nostril or uh, <laughs> into the eye socket. <laughs> Not the same thing. Not exactly Not that. The same, but thing. almost the same. Same Gentling. concept, but just different. Okay, if they had uh, called it that. Imagine like if a, a doctor was like, "Listen, this is this, this for this schizophrenic patient, and it's 1907. We're going to gentle them." People are like, "Oh, how nice!" <laughs> oh, that's good for them. That's nice. Because they're a weak of will. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting they're gay. <laughs> this will leave, let them to live a better, more Christian life. Okay, so he goes there. They're going to see. He's been captured by the eyes to die. Yep. Right? This is not Logan, but I think it's Logan. Is it Logan? Logan. It's Logan. I thought Logan is what, what is like a hair treatment thing. It is. He's got long, no? beautiful hair. They mention it. It's Logan. <laughs> He doesn't need Rogaine. <laughs> He's Logaine. He has magic. <laughs> so Brand, he wants to get a, a, a view of this guy. So he climbs a wall just to get higher up than everybody else. But he ends up accidentally falling backwards off the wall. Turns out directly into the main palace of the queen. Really Oops. laughable security. Yeah, yeah really, definitely. Really nice. And he ends up meeting... The princess named Elaine, though they never use the word princess in the book. It's always the daughter heir. Anyway, Elaine is the biggest character in the series that's not introduced in chapter one. So she's like uh, gigantic, but only has this huge, tiny, tiny little part in this book. Do you think daughter heir is like the the fantasy word for queef? Thou hast sprained thy daughter heir. <laughs> oh, indeed, son. That is 
It comes whence it comes from one. It wafts. <laughs> it wafts from under. Uh, okay, so uh, ends up meeting Elaine and her brother and her mother, who's the queen, and they have a whole bunch of stuff in the series too, which we're not obviously not going to get into in this episode because it's not in this book. But doesn't she have a brother who's like Gawain? Like he's yeah, almost the he's, same. And then there's he is Gawain, her Israeli brother Galad. <laughs> like that's, and then uh, the queen's name is like Morgana. Yeah, it's like almost Morgana. It's like almost the Arthurian name. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's Lord of the Rings, but it's also Arthur, King Arthur, fantasy. But they're like the queen. The queen frees him. Ultimately, yeah, right? frees him is like okay. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go because I think I think you're being honest. Even though the queen's Aes Sedai says. Oh, the world will kneel before you and everything bad is going to happen because of you. And the queen is like, okay, I know prophecies are a thing, but I don't believe you. I'm just going to let him go anyway. Turns out... He's got an honest Spoiler. She was right. Okay. Uh, Because he's the chosen one, if you hadn't figured uh, that up yet. Right. Like in the beginning, like... uh Way back when Mort, when uh, Moraine convinces these children to abandon their families and come with her into the woods, <laughs> she's like, like the a responsible dark one adult has sent people here because he thinks one of you is like special. And they're like, and Rand's like, who me? And as the reaper, like, yeah, fucking obviously. obviously. No, it's you the got fucking, the most lines. Yeah, it's like you're the main. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, dummy. You're the tallest one must be you. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is how people make most decisions. When they look go into a place, they look at the tallest person. They're like, "That guy must be in charge." It's it's true. Yeah. I remember when I had shitty retail gigs in school, and you know, everyone else there was also like a teenager, and I was the tallest one. People would just assume like, "You must be the supervisor." Like, I just started yesterday, guy. <laughs> I don't even I don't even have a fucking shirt yet. They had to like order me one that has the dumb logo. Like, people just assume like tall people are in charge of things. Mostly, they're just in charge of rebounds. <laughs> but she frees him, and then, um, and then eventually, and so, and then, uh, the, eventually, about fifteen chapters, <laughs> fifteen chapters later, everybody shows up at the inn, and everybody's together again. Uh, is, isn't that isn't that magic? Um, well, this, it's it's the wheel weaves. And the it's wheel part of the pattern. The wheel wheels, that the, as the wheel wills, yes. That is a another thing in this whole series is that the both the concept of fate and that you have a destiny, you have a, the fate that's supposed to happen to you, and they describe it as the pattern. Like we're all just threads in the pattern and that the pattern already has a direction that it wants to go and that you kind of can't change it or more like, you can't avoid your destiny or can't avoid your fate. And so anyway, just by pure, pure happenstance, the rest of the fellowship shows up at the inn. Is like, yes, we're here. And then they find out within a day, like, oh, we, we don't need to get to the, the wizard city. We need to go to this other place, this other place called, that you've been hearing in your dreams, this other place called the Eye of the World which is way in the north. So I guess we're going to skip the, that, that wizard city. But how are we going to get there in only two chapters? 
And it turns out they have a magical second Minds of Moria section where they can get there really pretty easily through, they, and they happen to have an Ogier who knows how to use it. This like magical alternate dimension created thousands of years ago, but is now evil, but they can travel through it because, you know, they're the main characters, so they're going to be okay. <laughs> it's a fantasy wormhole. It's plot armor. Yeah, yeah. They're they, they, thick they, plot they, armor. They're going to take flu powder, basically, is what they're about it, to do. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. The ways. They're called the, the ways. ways. Yes. Which app. is which is the app they use? <laughs> <laughs> Turn left. <laughs> Just use Google. Okay, <laughs> get there faster. So anyway, they get through the the ways in only a day or two, and they manage to get pretty close to where they want to go, but not quite. Just like with when you use Waze. <laughs> Actually, I think Waze is really good. I Waze is. I've never. I've used only it. used it a little. Only used it a little. Waze is way better than the fucking whatever comes in your iPhone. That shitty app sucks. Oh, Apple Maps. Yeah, yeah, that's that trash. sucks. Waze, Waze is pretty legit. Google Maps is good too, but Waze is nice because you could also sometimes get funny voices. I had Batman. I had uh, Batman as the as the voice for a while. Which Adam was West Batman. It was like a shitty fake Mark uh, Hamill cartoon Batman. I don't know who did Batman. Oh, Kevin Conroy. Okay, sure. Animated Batman, yeah. You could have said any name. You could have said Dikembe Mutombo. And I'd be like, really? (laughs) He was Batman? Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. Any name. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) So Um, they take their... did we scale, like, did wizard fucking, portal. Did Matt, Matt tried to fucking kill Marine? Matt, Matt is also battling uh, uh, wizard depression this whole time, and he's, like, angsty, and he's got ghost sickness, and they're like, he's got a haunted knife, and he's making him a bitch. It's basically he's been holding the one ring too long. Yeah, except it's, it's, it's like a, Gollum. A, mm-hmm. a shiny dagger that he stole from that ghost who's like, get me out of Nigeria. I mean, this place. <laughs> he's like, I told you not to take anything. He's like, he didn't give it to me. I just took it. He's like, that ghosts don't, they're not lawyers. They're not big on technicalities. You know, you took a ghost thing. And he's like, no, you got sickness and I'll try and heal you a little bit, but I can't heal you until like book two, maybe. Uh, we got stuff going uh, on. They, okay, Matt's character is pretty dumb for a couple books, but actually eventually gets healed and becomes pretty cool, but is definitely pretty stupid for a while. It's like, well, she, Maureen heals him by using her magic uh, chess piece that she carries around with her. Uh, her, It's probably like Angre Al or something like that. But I like to call it, in my head, it was Angry Al. That's what I said the whole time. <laughs> was her it's a little, little statue of Weird Al. And you her, can, yeah, exactly. Or, Angry Al is like or pissed you, off. You can call me Angry Al. You can call me Angry Al, yeah. It's just <laughs> like a really angry bass solo. Um, the, it's, it's her like a little totem that she carries around. What I actually pictured was, um, you know, that thing you see in every like art history class, the woman of Willendorf, <laughs> that little like statue of like the, you know what I'm talking about? The, the Venus of Willendorf? Uh, no, but I'm not good at art history. I mean, it's a like, you know, ivory statue, ivory colored statue of a woman in a robe. It's this thing. It's fucking little statue that's like mad oh, old. The boobs. Yes, big this, oh, right, this yeah. is BB, yeah. BBW from the past. <laughs> you have too thing. many tabs open, Michael. I like, I, dude. This is only one window. Stop <laughs> judging me. Um, <laughs> the wheel wills weaves as it will, or something. Anyway, blood and ashes. That's a lot of tabs. But uh, that's what I pictured. That's what I pictured the whole time was like that little thing. It's, but it it's is like probably a, exactly that. 
It's like a magical little statue that like it's like a magic amplifier. It amplifies the power. And so that she like uses that to heal but there's a lot of like Moraine in the book. I, I guess we're supposed to trust her. She's a, a good guy, though. There's like all like the, especially in the beginning in the in the early Bumpkin Town. They're all like I die or you can't trust them. They're sneaky and they'll they don't ever tell you the truth and they do their own thing and they have their own real. They never they're never really clear with you what's happening. But we're supposed to trust her, but maybe not. There's like seventeen thousand more pages, so a lot could happen. Literally. I think the whole series is about 14,000 pages. I, I looked it up at one point. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> um, but she has this little statue thing, and she's always like, I could heal you, but only sort of. We'll have to wait for the rest of that. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get healed fully for a couple of books. But she does that constantly. She's like, I have fucking magic powers, but I can only... I'm like a... I could only get like a, I'm only a, Gandalf, a solid I, B. I'm only Gandalf the Grey. I'm not Gandalf the White yet. She does a lot more stuff than Gandalf does. Mostly he does is just like provide moral support and like cast a horse water spell once. And he just chastises them for doing things wrong when it's he like, left. Dude, you're, a, you're basically a god. Help out a little. It's like, nah. Moraine actually does shit. Smoke this bowl she, like, in this other cave. She blows shit up with fire and lightning and kills a lot of bad guys that's because she has a special type of energy uh which is the one power this is evil water energy <laughs> uh which is a pastry seltzer it's 4.5 percent alcohol brewed with energy drink syrup uh maybe not evil twin. Do. <laughs> it's not you know it's like fucking monster or something i think i've had this i know i've had this before oh my god that is either red bull or monster i don't i don't i don't um wear a track suit so i don't know exactly which one it is um but <laughs> I feel like if I were to bring this to Brighton Beach, I, I would be seen as a god if I just <laughs> gave this to, to the douchebag guys down there. Just Red Bull it, vodka there. It just it tastes like Red Bull or one of those kind of fucking things. Hmm. I don't taste anything to call this uh, so it's, a it's, it's pastry seltzer. A, a pastry seltzer. It doesn't purport to be a beer, but it's a seltzer. I think it's called pastry seltzer, and its flavor is energy drink which is not a pastry yet i think that's uh evil twins just like gimmick essentially like that's their thing um i looked up i was actually uh, looking up how to make how to make a hard seltzer and it literally is just dump sugar in water and add yeast <laughs> so it's a and pretty, bubbles it, it's isn't a, that it, what moonshine is well, yeah. then you have, to, you have to distill that. There's one extra step there. Right. Okay. So it's undistilled moonshine. Right. Yeah, basically. Uh, but then you flavor it with something. Otherwise, it'll be kind of pretty terrible on its own. So it's amazingly cheap to manufacture versus, you know, beer, which is much more expensive ingredients compared to, you know, just domino sugar <laughs> tossed into a vat. How pissed off do you think the guys who made Zima are? They were just they were just like two decades time. early. When did did they still make Zima can't still be a thing, right? No. I don't know. I, I, I think it, I think it's closed. I think it's done. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's still around. But was was Zima it. basically like It was alcoholic seltzer. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was like clear beer essentially, but it was essentially what we would call today hard seltzer. Really? You know who made fucking Coors made that? Right. Yeah. No, so, like, what can fuck, we make fuck, that's fuck even them. cheaper than Coors? 
and we'll How can we, and we'll blur what if we brand just it as special. It? <laughs> we already have a thing that tastes like uh, has shitty flavor. What if we just had no flavor? <laughs> and people, are like, that's actually could be an improvement. It would be, yeah. I'm sure you can still get a case of Zima on eBay or something, and it's just really old and gross. <laughs> I remember a few years ago looking, people were still selling like cans of new Coke <laughs> from the 80s, <laughs> which is just gross. I'm sure those are collector's items. Oh, yeah. I'm looking on eBay Disgusting right now. Disgusting <laughs> collector's items. Well, you're buying it for uh, memorabilia purposes only not to drink it. I see people selling Zima like swag, like Zima bar signs and shit like that, but no, no cases of Zima or bottles of Zima. You got to go to a special collector for that. Oh no! <laughs> All right, back to the book. So they go to uh, the like basically what they call the Borderlands, which is like the last area before the Blight, capital B, which is where the bad things live. This also is the area B. right around Mount Doom, where they have Doom to bring with an the rage in it. Yes. This is Mordor. <laughs> this is this is More definitely... or less door. <laughs> Did they say how many doors it has? It's one big door. <laughs> and they uh, they meet everybody who really likes land. Though let's be honest, everyone likes land because he's the coolest guy. We've been kind of ignoring the lady characters and fucking Nineveh or whatever her name is. She's just been complaining the whole time. Well, yeah, she's a lady going on a long road trip. Uh <laughs> She's like, are you sure you're going the right way? That's what she does most of the time. Um, but she clearly <laughs> that is, has... That's basically true, yeah. She has a fucking huge lady boner for Lan, and he has just a, a, a regular old boner for her. But he's like, no, I can't I can't bang you out just yet. Yeah, I didn't get to- that at all until he like tells her that. At the end, I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? Oh, no, from? He, didn't, he didn't give her that up. Yeah, I'm, I'm the romances the in the series are not really done well. They're really what? just they're they're really just like I met you, okay, I'm in love with you forever. Or it's like that and that that's as deep as it goes. That is a lot of it. I did like that uh all the boys were always fucking up when talking to girls. And then it's like the other guy would know what to do. He can talk to women much better than I can. Mm-hmm. And the other guy would say something was like, Oh man, I just can't talk to women. I know. Rand would really be able to talk to women though. But they're all just a bunch of fucking nerds. Do you not remember being a teenager, Jimmy? It was it was hard to talk to girls till uh, our school. Till now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and these are these are hillbilly bumpkins who have spent the majority of their days fucking barn animals. Well, they're also mostly all trying to talk to the same girl. Uh, Egwene, Egwen, Egwene, egg cream, egg cream. <laughs> And uh, but Rant, Rant she's the only all, one there, really. Yeah, that, that was she was the only thing in the town that wasn't livestock. Uh, and Rand has a huge goddamn crush on her, and, and she has a crush on him. And a reader, you're like, as a reader, you're like, I see where this is going, and that's on page eleven, and then eight hundred pages later, wizard says along the way, like, you are not meant for each other, and oh, they're the like, fortune Fuck teller you, person, lady. Right? the oracle. <laughs> Adelphi. That character (laughs) name is Min, and that is kind of, yeah, she's a little bit like the Oracle, except also stupider. (laughs) She's like, I could read your aura. That's basically what she says to them. But actually can. It isn't just 
making that up. Anyway, she is actually a... There around you. She ends up being a fairly big character in the whole series as well. By just reading their horoscope. <laughs> it's like, you will make an important decision today. <laughs> Lucky number 17. <laughs> and, and, and Mars is in the fourth house. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so they make it to... They make it to Mordor, but they're not quite at Mount Doom yet. And they have to... They stop at the city, but then they all go to travel to Mount Doom and they have to fight a bunch of evil things along the way. But then they get to Mount Doom where they meet an Ent. Also known <laughs> not as an Ent. The Green Man. <laughs> and even though I've cut read off this my book, head <laughs> and I'll cut yours off next year. Oh, wait, wrong Green Man. They're looking for the Green Man. And so here's something funny. I've read this book a bunch of times. I mean, it's been at least 15 years since I since I've read it, but I've read it a bunch of times. I did not remember this part at all. Like this character who's the green man, mm. who's definitely just like he's just made of like vines and, you know, like branches and he's like green giant. basically <laughs> a very short tree giant because <laughs> he's normal sized. He's human he's sized. Like 10 feet tall. He's a human sized ent. Well, okay, maybe he's but he's not Fifty he's feet not a, tall. Yeah, he's like he's like. He said he was basically what an ogre was to a human to an ogre, or ogier. My bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. get it right. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's like ogier. Maybe oh, it's they're French. Yeah, I'm an ogier. No, he's he's like a an ent sapling. Yeah, but he's also he's also uh, a teenager, like every other character in the book. And he's like, hey, I've got. I show up whenever people need me. That's what magic That's does. That's convenient. And he's like, I've got the eye of the world. It's in that pool of man juice in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they get to the eye of the world, which is a place that has like a, it's basically like a cave, I guess, where, uh, and they're going to go <laughs> in and there's all these like magic things in there. It's but, just, <laughs> but also these e- there there are some evil people there who are just waking up after three thousand years. These people are called they're, they're called the for the Forsaken. They're going to be a big part of the whole series. But two of them f- sort of like get in a fight and get in a fight with the main characters and get killed right away. So here's two of them out of the way. Boom. Um. And then it's like they kind of there's a big fight that goes on, and one of them, the green man ant thing, kills one of them, and then Rand, almost everyone runs away, but Rand is able to actually use the one power, which sort of discovers for the first time that he can, and then is able to attack, uh, sort of like attack and use use his magic powers to both help everybody and defeat the other forsaken guy. And then, but this is when he realizes, oh, he is the one. He is the, you know, the the savior who is called the dragon, or at least he's called, so the dragon is the, well, I'll get into that in a second. So he's called the dragon reborn, and I have a beer for this. This is Dragon Stout. And I made with real dragon. Yeah. And I have had this beer before, but I'm using it again because I still have five of them. Oh my god. 
That came in a six pack. Eight bucks. Yeah, it came. It came in a yes. It came in a six pack, and I and it's are big, and it's not good. I'm (laughs) I'm definitely just dumping the other four after this because (laughs) I'm dumping this one too. But anyway, uh, so this is Dragon Stout. But if you want to sponsor us, (laughs) if if you want to sponsor us, it's delicious. (laughs) Um, So this is Dragon Stout, product of Jamaica. It is, as we said in the last. A previous episode where we did this, it is in fact brewed and bottled by Red Stripe, and is a it is a stout product. Of is, this is an example of an export stout, which is a special category of stout that are just like really sweet and malty, like all malt flavors. There's like really no hop flavor at all. Yep, mm-hmm. all those and things. Do you ever have Malta? Do you know what that is? Malta, that like, is that an shitty, island in the Mediterranean? That is also it is also that. Uh, but That's Malta, where the dogs come from the Maltese and the Falcons. <laughs> oh yes, uh, Malta is this malt beverage, this non-alcoholic drink that you get at like supermarkets. That uh, it's it's in like the ethnic aisle with the Spanish foods, and it's uh, usually like four bottles for a dollar, something or three dollars for a bottle. It's usually really cheap, like. Like, uh, I, I can't remember which fucking brand makes it. Like, if it's Goya or or something like that. But it, it's just basically malt sugar in a... It's a drink? Beer. Like, you just drink it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's a whole bunch of... Beer. Yeah, yeah, Goya. Yeah. It's a non-alcoholic thing made with barley and hops. It's super sweet and kind of disgusting, uh, in my humble opinion. That's what export stouts actually kind of taste like that. <laughs> just like super sweet malt flavors, no bitterness, syrupy, gross. Uh, I would say, down it. I would agree with all those things. That is what it tastes like. It is very sweet. It, I mean, it really tastes like they brewed a slight, they, they brewed not a stout, but a, what's the lighter stout called? I'm totally blanking on it right porter. now. A porter. They brewed a porter. And then when they were done brewing a porter, they just put a bunch of corn syrup in it and put it in a bottle. And then it's like, oh, it's Dragon Stout. It's a 40. Really? Like, this is a, this is a, if a 40 was a dark beer, this is what mm. it would taste like. Okay. So, so no, no, I'm dark not a friend fan. of this dark beer. Anyway, this is called Dragon Stout because Rand is the dragon reborn. And like the... Like the rest of this four pack of Jamaican beer, Nate will be jamming it into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to sponsor us. This series does not have dragons like the fire breathing lizard flying things. That doesn't have those, but it uses the term dragon as a title for basically the savior, for the one that's going to save everybody. And because in this universe, time repeats itself, like every roughly 3,000 years where someone is born to defeat, to fight and defeat the Dark One, they're called the Dragon, and Rand is going to be that person, and you finally find out at the end of the book that, yes, that's what he is, and he's going to use the One Power to do it, because that's the way it's supposed to be done. And he kind of does it here. So he, he? Do, he kinda, does use it. Confusing. But you, it, it, yes, it is. Yes, it is definitely confusing. And this whole, like, thing is... Basically, the next 13 books is pretty much fleshing out this idea. But I mean, like, he, fe- he fights the, the Forsaken guy, and then suddenly he's 
fighting the Dark One, I thought. Was he not? Uh, what is lightsaber? It, it, it kind of okay. It kind of seems like that, and you and I almost have to wonder if Robert Jordan wrote this one book and was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to write a whole series about it, so I'm just going to make it sort of seem like the whole thing is solved. But then added in sort of like the next chapter in sort of like this, the final chapter of the book, which is kind of an epilogue almost, maybe not epilogue, but just sort of like final resolution says that Moraine says, no, that wasn't actually the dark one. It just made you think that. I kind of think Robert Jordan, when he was writing it, wasn't, this is just my guess, didn't know he was going to get a whole series about it and then was just, this was just going to be a standalone book. And so it was sort of like solving the world's, the his, the universe's, you know, conflict that he had set up. But then, you know, added one more chapter. It's like, oh, no, no. There wasn't really. There's actually more to it. And so really the next 13 books, the main, so, I mean, there are many plot lines in the next 13 books, but the main big plot line for Rand especially is, actually defeating the dark one for real spoiler we did we, I, I didn't imagine there'd be a showdown between good and evil in this book in the fir, the final showdown between good and evil at the beginning of at the end of book one and then there are just 13 books of hey so how's it going today guys <laughs> this is pretty sweet right well they get a bunch of relics out of the pool of man magic sauce um <laughs> and it's like the, the horn that, like, we got to take the horn to another place. Like, sound like we're walking. That's a book. Which is basically the main plot of book two. Okay. Walked all the way north this time. Let's walk south this next time. Because we're all the way north, so I guess we'll have to go south now. Anyway, and then this is, and it's, and, you know, and at first, you know, most people are not told. Most of the brand's friends are not told. Oh, he used the one power, and he's the one. He's the he's the dragon reborn, and they're kind of keeping that secret. But Moraine slash Gandalf knows and is going to help him with that. But he's going to be a bitch about it the whole time. He didn't ask to be the dragon, though. Actually, that is a big theme of the whole series. Like, what if you're chosen to be the one who saves the world? But you don't want it because you didn't ask for this shit. So, like, what if you try and avoid it? That is actually a big theme of of the series. I don't want it. Couldn't it be someone else? I just want to be me. Though, isn't it, like, really a fucking unfortunate title to choose a clan title as the savior? Like, Grand Dragon. He's the dragon. Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and all the wizards that are his friends. <laughs> yeah, and a whole bunch of wizards, and, and, and I'm sure there's at least one Cyclops. That's also another weird clan title. It's probably in this book written as a Cycleps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's been a while. I don't think there are any Cyclops, though. Is there at least one person who has an eye patch? That's technically a Cyclops. Oh, yes, there be. definitely is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Is his name Cy? Klops? Cyrus Klops. <laughs> <laughs> it is not, no. Cyrus Klops Esquire. He's, he's a guy they meet later on. He helps them with some sort of, you know, probate shit. <laughs> All I can say for this book is when they make the show and he shoots the lightsaber at the bad guy at the end, if they don't play 
The Touch by Stan Bush. <laughs> I'm going to have a fucking fit. Prepare yourself for a fit. You know the song, Nate? From no, Transformers? Of course he doesn't. <laughs> no. You've got the touch. You've, You've got, got the power. power. <laughs> you mean like, is this the Transformers cartoon from the 80s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only real Transformers, Transformers the movie. <laughs> Not the shitty Michael Bay ones. But it's called Transformers the movie. I did one of those. All right. So that's book one of this We are one-fourteenth done. <laughs> okay. So what did you guys think? I wanted to like this. And I didn't hate it. It's just long, and I, I didn't, I didn't care that much. I'm not that into it. It's fine. It, honestly, you know, it felt like, and this is like going to offend everybody who likes books or <laughs> likes this. Series. It reminded me of War and Peace. Like War and Peace wasn't bad to read. It was just fucking interminable, and I didn't care about anything in it. I was like, whatever, I'll just keep reading through this. It wasn't the worst thing I've read by far. There are many things where I, I can't even stomach it, like for whatever reason. This was fine. It was competently written. It had some cool stuff. It was just way too long. I just really was not hooked on it. So I'm really not too jazzed about doing the other 13 books. And I really wanted to. I, I have that, uh, you know, sort of impulsive thing like I, I compulsive thing I, I need to finish like a series i need to see all of a movie or like have all of the books and like, that bothers me if i don't this one i'm actually kind of like eh, i don't know it's fine it's not bad there's definitely definitely far worse fantasy out there far shittier stuff that i've read i just don't really want to invest the time to read the rest of it i feel similar not as strongly. Um, I, I straight up, I don't like fantasy very much. It's just not a genre I care about. Like Lord of the Rings is about it's not my all, favorite I can, song. all I can do. I love sci-fi, which is just, you know, in many ways, space fantasy or equally weird. But fantasy is just, it's never been something that I really got into. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't dislike it. It was way too long. It really just felt like, he could have introduced all these other subplots in later books that were going to come up anyway. Like, I see you're going to have like the traveling people and, but there are so many other subplots. It just, it felt like, it felt like a big primer that I'll have to get, get eventually. I do think that I will end up enjoying it as it goes on. Once things get flushed out, it makes a little bit more sense. It's not just like a, here's the, cliff notes on some other group of people that we're looking at, and then they'll come back in book sex. Like, oh, all right, shit. Um, it, it just felt like a lot of, like, brushes with interesting things. It felt like he tried to do too much too quick, where he, he wasn't rushing if he's planning to write 11 books and became 14. There was time, and I, I don't know. A whole yeah, wheel I, of it. Yeah, a whole wheel. Oh, whole wheel of, whole time? wheel of time. I'm <laughs> mad and impressed. So I'm willing to go on. I will read the rest of them at some point in my life, and probably a bunch of them on this one. But uh, I can wait a little bit. How did you feel, Nate, reading it now for like the you know several time? So I was before reading it. I was really afraid that I wouldn't like it, or I would. I was really afraid, like. Oh no, this is actually bad. 
Oh no. <laughs> um, so because I I haven't read it for more than ten years, but used to really like it. Did you read the the last the, like the, the latest the the final one was more than ten years ago? For so you? the final one was two thousand thirteen, which is okay. when I. That's the only one I haven't read more than once. Because I was like, oh, I'm finally done. Okay, now I can be done with this. Okay. But I was worried that I wouldn't like it because now I'm a much more accomplished reader and I would say more discerning reader. But I actually was still like, okay, no, this is fine. I, I actually was pleasantly surprised that I was still enjoying it. But at the same time, I like can't be objective about it because, you know... I know it so well, and it's what I've read for what I read so much when I was a kid. So I'm also not neutral. But I was like, oh, okay. In 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 the whole time while I'm while I'm reading it, I am thinking about like, oh well, where is this gonna go, and how do these plot lines fit together? And going through it this time, I was also very much thinking about how similar it was to Lord of the Rings, which I did not think about. When I was ten, because I was not smart enough to know mm. those things at the time, had you so read Lord I, of the Rings? I was, I was, I want to say I had not, I had not read Lord of the Rings when I was ten. Like th- this is way easier to read than Wheel of, than than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's true. You know, this like uh, the Wheel of Time is very much. It's kind of like middle school fantasy, or really even the reading level of the series is like fourth, fifth, sixth grade reading level. If you don't count the crazy made-up fantasy words, which sometimes are pretty crazy, but it's so it is actually way easier to read. And while there's a lot of things that happen in the plot, it's also not hard to follow. It's not written to be a deliberately challenging book. It's written to be a very easy to follow book that just has a lot of story in it, just like a lot of things that happen. So, I mean, I was able to follow it when I was 10, or at least follow it enough. Yeah, so I actually did, I actually still enjoyed it, going through it again. It must have helped, since you knew all the stuff that like was hinted at in this one, that I was just like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but you understood it, so it I, kind of I'm sure that helped, absolutely I helped, imagine. and it helped go through it faster. This oh, It's yeah. the kind of series, or it's the kind of book where you could read it more than one time and pick up on a lot of new things. I'm like, oh, that's where that fits. And, hmm. and as I kind of said before, like a lot of the things that happen in this book are, are the start of huge plot lines that go throughout the entire series. So even the... So you couldn't like not know about these events and actually read the other books because it's going to remind you of them and ex- re-explain them to you. But yeah, I did. I actually, I, I still enjoyed it. I did. It was worth reading. It's one of the most famous fantasy series of all time. It is. It has, in fact, sold more books, more physical books than uh, Game of Thrones. But of course, there are 14 of them and not just five of them. So that it, that is part of it. So uh, George R. R. Martin has sold more of each individual of his series, but the total sum total, um, Robert Jordan still sold more. I will. I'm willing to read more of it. I just I'm not looking. F- I'm not like amped to do it. I think the yeah. listeners should tell us if they want us to keep doing it. Absolutely. I think if we do one a year. It'll be okay. Because I I I did also think. 
I don't need to read it again. Like I, I had, I had an okay time reading it again. I did, but I don't need to read it again. Also, the whole the the this I mean the the series is pretty good, but the quality is not the same the whole way through. Uh, the beginning is pretty good, or more like okay, the first quarter is pretty good. <laughs> the second quarter is really good. The third quarter really drags. It does. It just gets bogged down in plot lines that like take way too long to resolve and kind of in other things it's just not as much happens and and any fan of the series would agree with that it the like kind of drags in that section and then the final section which was mostly written by Brandon Sanderson stuff happens again and it's actually still pretty good so i i have a hard time imagining you guys making it through the the slog in the the third quarter and 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 keeping keeping with it at least at our pace of a book a week because this book at 800 pages is one of the shorter ones. They're like all <laughs> this length or longer. Yeah. I want to say the I, next book is slightly shorter slight by a tiny bit. I mean, it's 700 pages instead of 800, but mo- the books are actually this length or longer. The, uh, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. The second book is shorter by a hundred pages. Nailed it. And the okay. third book is around the same length, but then, Books then they get longer. Four, five, and six are all just under a thousand. Okay, and those are good. I those are those are really good books. I, I really like those. But they're in paperback. The whole series is eleven thousand eight hundred ninety-eight pages. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's four, the whole series is four point four million words. <laughs> That's nuts. That's a lot of words. I also like this factoid. If you were to Listen to the audiobooks at 1x speed, it would take you 19 days <laughs> <laughs> and five and a half hours to listen to the series. Jesus. That's okay. without breaks. That's straight through. Yeah. That's nuts. Jesus Christ. I, you know what? If people like it, if people want us to do it, they'll let us know. If you know, and if the show is really popular, we'll be, you know, we mentioned earlier that we might be horse. We will, we'll do the next one then probably. But I don't know if we'll necessarily do all of them unless people are, there's an interest yeah. in Yeah. I mean, it's, who knows how long that would take, but I'm willing. I feel like if I'm going to drag you guys kicking and screaming through the dark tower, I can do Wheel of Time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I don't need to read it again, so... If we don't read it, I'm okay with that. I, I think one a year is perfectly acceptable. It's not that bad. Got long term plans I didn't for the podcast. Just like it. It's just long. That's okay. really what it comes down to. But the problem with one a year is you're not going to remember what happens. Oh God! In this That's one. true. We need to do like one a quarter. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see. Maybe two or three, three a year. A third. We'll be done in half a decade. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Nate, do you think you'd still like it if you started, if you like, if you were in our position or Jimmy's position, you'd never read it before and you just started it now instead of knowing it as a kid? How do you think you feel then? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure. And I was thinking about this while I was reading. What I mean is, okay, it's the, it's like the difference between Wheel of Time 
and Game of Thrones. Whereas Wheel of Time is set up to be like, I am doing the main fantasy stories, but just in my way. Whereas Game of Thrones was set up to like, sort of make you think it's going to be like a typical fantasy story, but then do the exact opposite. Like, for instance, in the first Game of Thrones book, the main character dies halfway through, which is not a fantasy thing, or at least it wasn't up till that time. Hmm. You know, the main characters, they pretty much can't be killed because they're the heroes. They can't die, but George R. R. Martin was setting up Game of Thrones to be like to trope subversion is technically the word for this. I really liked Game of Thrones, but I also almost think I liked it more because I read The Wheel of Time first. Because I was like, this is straight fantasy. Wheel of Time is straight fantasy. And then Game of Thrones is fantasy upside down. It's like, oh, that's really cool. It's Game of Thrones is also much darker. Oh, yeah. But of course, Absolutely. I was reading that as an adult and a much more sophisticated reader. And I thought that was way cooler. Not sure I would have liked Game of Thrones if I'd read it as a kid. In fact, I probably wouldn't have. But even though I actually am not sure I would actually like Wheel of Time had I started it now at my age, I'd probably go, okay, whatever. It's a story. I mean, because I really didn't like Dune, even though Dune is kind of similar. I mean, Dune is classified as science fiction, but really as a story, it is very much classic fantasy Space fantasy. It is space fantasy. I really didn't like Dune for exactly the same reasons, Mike, you said you didn't, you weren't like totally into this because you just kind of care about the characters. That's why I didn't like Dune. So maybe I wouldn't have liked this. Both had giant worms. This did, yes. I'm sure Dune was a big influence on this, on Wheel of Time. Fantasy is always just like a, it's like a genre you either really like or you just don't like. It's... Like, readers are either people who, like, I read fantasy or, like, I don't read fantasy. I, I don't know why, but it's just not something, like, people that, you know, if you read a lot of books, but you might necessarily never read a fantasy, a fantasy book except for Lord of the Rings. Just the way the world works, kind of, for some reason. I think reason. part of that is, like, the question of what do you read for? You know, like, fantasy yeah. readers, the reason why fantasy is a pop in sci- science fiction, by extension, I guess, are popular genres is... They tell a story, and a lot of people read for entertainment. They're not looking to, like, learn about human nature or question about memory and loss or, like, whatever, like, fancy frou-frou literature does. Fantasy is usually just good versus evil. Here's a fucking story, another one with elves and a hot archer that's a... (laughs) And, like, and a dude Are there any elves in this one? None yet. No. Uh, uh, Robert Jordan didn't want to do, like, dwarves and elves and hobbits. You wanted Are there elves? <laughs> it's elf. <laughs> there are no elves. Hey, everybody. Let's go this. fight the dark one. <laughs> Got any cats? <laughs> Is the dark one a cat? <laughs> I, I think fantasy readers, I mean, fantasy writers typically pump out books at an unbelievable clip. Except George R. R. Martin. Except yeah. George R. R. Martin. He he pumps in hoagies at a similar <laughs> clip. <laughs> but they they just you know they just write a story like here's a cool story. And it takes oh uh, I don't know, there's a 
uh, a young person in a, in a, a sort of fief medieval <laughs> town, and they find magic story, and they just kind of go. It's almost Mad Lib sometimes. It, it is a little bit. But I think the readers of it like that. You know, like the people who are real hardcore fantasy readers, they like the story. They like to say, what, what, how can you vary the limited themes that are in this genre? It is, it's a very tropey genre. It is, absolutely. It's, it's always like good versus evil and magic and fucking vaguely medieval shit. Races of varying heights working together. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, if, they, if you want to be entertained, like fantasy is a great genre. Whereas if you don't like fantasy and you're a book person, you may fall into the category of liking a different genre. Like just like there are people who only read like fucking romance novels or only read thrillers or only read Tom Clancy fucking military novel, <laughs> dad novels or whatever. <laughs> or the highbrow literature folks, the, the, the capital L literature kind of books, they like pretentious shit <laughs> they like books that are deeper have a deeper meaning and i could ruminate on it and think about what is this book really saying they're like different types of readers so i, th- I think that's you know why that why you no know, that's what i think about this i don't know if did, that makes sense did you guys read the uh mistborn no. which is what brandon sanderson is known for it's like the other like big fantasy series that all my friends who read fantasy, like that's the one to go to. Uh, I've, I've never read it, but I did. Yes, after I read, after I finished the Brandon Sanderson Wheel of Time books, I went and read a bunch of his other stuff, including. So, Mistborn are like normal length novels, I guess you could say, fantasy novels. But a then Brandon Sanderson has also started huge. his own, like. Each book is a thousand pages fantasy series. Where do they find the time? Okay, Brandon Sanderson really like pumps out books. He he's able to he like he finished the first Wheel of Time like book and the second one all like he, in a year each and they're each a thousand pages. And then it took a couple of years to do the second one, but he was also working on his own stuff at the same time. He 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 writes a shitload like an enormous pace. Mayhaps he is part of the pattern. As the wheel wills. <laughs> He's wheelie fast. <laughs> <laughs> he look. I'm just looking at Brandon Sanderson looks like the kind of guy that would write a lot of fantasy novels. Oh, yeah. He is a super nerd. Sweater vest? Very doughy looking Mormon guy from Utah. <laughs> okay. I thought they didn't allow fantasy. <laughs> uh, they, like, they prefer science fiction because it's like where... Uh, you know, they got a planet Kolob or whatever the fuck it's called. Kolob, yeah. <laughs> Where God is a six foot tall man. Only six feet. I mean, honestly, if you're going to be God, like, it's why a good size. Go, like, six five? Like, I think my, that's like inconveniently tall. You know, like you then God ha- has a hard time finding slacks. <laughs> I feel like God has make, other things God. to do <laughs> besides like, oh, can you like hem these for me? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, the book is fine. If you're into fantasy, you should definitely read it. And if you are into fantasy and you haven't read it, I don't know if you really are into fantasy. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like, I'd find that hard to believe. Okay. Here's a different way to say it. If you're into fantasy, but you tried Lord of the Rings and was kind of like, eh, this is it. Maybe you should try Wheel of Time instead. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's fair. It's not bad. It's just, I approach, like if I had just, someone read this one book, I I thought it was pretty good. But in my head, I can't, I can't help but think, oh God, there's 13 more after this. Oh yeah. That's an absurd number. That's like, is is there other book series longer than this? I mean, there are, but like, I mean, like, they're like sick, young adult, like, like shitty Sherlock books. Sherlock Holmes, where it's like he's got like fifty stories of the boxcar kids, but like, you know, <laughs> shit like Goosebumps. that. Goosebumps, but like, you know, like a sequential story is this. It's got to be one of the longest. Ba- Battlefield Earth is ten books. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they're yeah. each. Ooh, that's... I have an idea for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Read the book, Man Animal. Did you ever see the movie Battlefield Earth? Oh, we... no one did. You know what? Even if we don't, if I don't torture one of you, I torture you guys for Christmas with it. We have to do that book one day. Battlefield Earth. Oh, we do. All right. Since we're since we're talking about fantasy and sci-fi, <laughs> it's where they where they meet firmly. It's at the nexus that is Scientology. I think the book's worth checking out. It's decent. It, it isn't bad. It's just long. And I think if you're the type of person like me who like wants to finish a series once you start it, they could be very intimidating. But you know, if I had the time on my hands to just sit and read for a few hours every day, it wouldn't seem like such an onerous task to do this. But having to pump this out in a week on a deadline to record the podcast yeah. definitely didn't help. If you could read it at your own pace, you might like it more. All right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why not head over to wherever you're listening and leave us a review. Just a round of five stars. One for uh, each thousand pages, uh, two longest book series is. And uh, you could also head over to patreon.com slash club and support the podcast there uh, if you'd like to do that too. And you can be our friend on Goodreads and join our reading group there where we read in groups. We read these books. These are the books we read. And others. And others. You could see other you things can we're reading. Talked about books with people that read them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Get recommendations. It's a cool thing. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. <laughs>